Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a little bit of a different episode. I was in Florida last week and with Pastor Duke, and we interviewed a young man named Ernie Perez, a Gen Z, and just to get his take on what's going on in the world today and his thoughts and feelings about it and what he knows and understands. And I was very impressed with him. And I thought, you know what, this would be a great podcast to put up on According to John, even though it was recorded on uh, Pastor Duke. So I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I hope you are as encouraged to hear from the younger generation as Duke and I were encouraged. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Pastor Duke Podcast and joining with me today from Albany, New York, Pastor John Westfall, my mentor, and from Yonkers, New York, a young man, Ernie Perez. Welcome to the podcast, Ernie. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, we know that you're going to be a blessing to our audiences. We're going to post this on According to John and to the, the Pastor Duke Podcast, so I don't believe in coinkydinks, and uh, you and I had a bit of a chance meeting in a breakfast nook at a hotel in Melbourne, Florida, and uh, I got excited when I listened to a young man graduated from Coastal Carolina University, originally from Yonkers, New York. I was thrilled with where you were politically, your spiritual interest. And uh, so just introduce yourself real quick, and then John's going to jump in. We're going to ask you a bunch of questions. All right. Yeah, my name is Ernie. Pastor Duke really hit all the points. I went to Coastal Carolina University. I'm originally from Yonkers, New York. After graduating school, I went back to New York to look for jobs. And I have a business degree, and it is kind of hard to get jobs without a vaccine. So I decided to move down to Florida with my old roommate from college. So hopefully in the next week or two, when he gets a lease down there, I'll be moving back down to Florida in the great state governed by Ron DeSantis. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, <clears throat> Ernie, I actually have a question for you on that vaccine. What is it about the vaccine that you don't like and that's pushing you to Florida? I personally don't feel like I'm at risk personally through the statistics of it. I also got it over a year ago and I, it literally was the sniffles. I had a cough for a week, and that was about it. I felt bad for maybe one day, but it felt like a mild cold for me. And I know that's not the case for everybody, but that's why everybody makes their own decision for themselves. Right. I always thought, yeah, every individual responsibility. Yeah, you know, I, you go I, out, drive a car. So here's the funny: I I actually got COVID probably four months ago, and dude, it hit me like a freight train for two weeks. Lost like twenty pounds. But the cool thing is my immune system was more than adequate to take care of it. I just had to work through it, and here I am, healthy and ready to roll. So I'm with you. I, I just don't think that that vaccine offers anything that my immune system doesn't already offer. Oh, exactly. And not to mention, you could already catch it. So I'm seeing over the past month with Omicron, everybody I know who's gotten it has mainly been vaccinated, triple or you know, double or triple vaccinated. It's like, why am I going to get vaccinated if I'm still going to catch it and get sick? And you still have to wear a mask and you still have to social distance. And <laughs> yeah, and I take, I take the risk of the vaccine and the virus. Right now, by not getting the vaccine, I only take the risk of the virus, not both. Yeah, good point, man. Excellent point. I was just curious because I know, uh, especially with you being, you're 22 years old. And it's funny because my daughters feel the same way you do. And I'm realizing that these uh, uh, younger, the younger generation in their 20s, they're really, not all of them, but we do have some who go, wait a minute, uh, one plus one equals two, and you're telling me it equals three, and you're pausing, and I really, really appreciate that in you guys. I'm just seeing soccer players, you know, drop across in Europe, you know, in the tennis open in Australia, a tennis boy just dropped, like, people with heart attacks, people that should not be dropping of heart attacks. Well, and who have never dropped the heart attacks in the past. Yeah, and people calling myocarditis mild. There's no such thing as mild myocarditis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we need to have you as a regular on our show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ernie, take take us back. Uh, we were at the hotel. We're having a chit chat. Met your mom, and we were chit chatting with my wife and your mom and I. And then she had to run back to the room to get you because we're all on the same page. It's so refreshing to hear a young man that is aware of what's going on. And you had just mentioned even a moment ago that you're so thankful that you studied in the South. So kind of take us where you were politically, eighteen year old kid, Yonkers, New York, where you're at, and then you wind up in the South. And a lot of a lot of lights start coming on for you. So kind of walk us through that process a little bit. Gotcha. So when I started with politics, I was probably 16 about. And you know what? I considered myself at the time uh, center left, if anything. I remember I used to watch Vice and I, I particularly liked they used to go do these foreign documentaries like in terrorist zones across the world when they used to actually do news. And I, I like that stuff. And my cousin, one of the smartest men I know, he's a investment banker he would always tell me that it's he was always conservative he would always tell me that it's normal for kids to go through being on the left leaning kind of when they start politics and as you get older you end up being on the right and he would always say that because the politics of the left is all about emotion that they don't really play with policy they don't push that forward to get votes they just play on people's emotions and you know what it sounded good when i was 16 you know oh we're here for everybody we want to bring everybody up but, you know, I just didn't know at the time. So by the time I was 18, I actually, you know, I, I voted for Trump because that was a uh, I was 18 by then. I voted for Trump. By then, I was kind of center right because I would talk to my cousin a lot about politics. But I was still, I, you know, I considered myself in the center, a centrist. And then I went down to South Carolina. I'm really glad I did that. I did not do that because of politics, though. I did that because uh, I just knew I wanted to be in warm weather. Coast Carolina is a good school. Smart kid, even if you're from New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was done with the snow and everything. I wanted to get out of my house and be a little bit, um, I wanted to be on my own. But uh, anyhow, I'm glad in the long run I ended up going there. But anyways, I really made a hard turn, right? Uh, I took a break from politics for a little bit. You know, I was in college. I was studying, you know, having a good time studying. I just had a thing going on. My friends weren't into politics, really, because kids that age aren't. And then... With COVID starting up, I remember I was started getting back on the news when I saw COVID happening in China, and I was keeping up with it since January before it was even in the United States. Then it ended up in Italy, and then eventually, you know, it got here. And with the BL, and that was around the same time as the BLM riot started. And when the BLM riot started, you know, I knew the statistics of everything in terms of, you know, crime rates and just arrests or whatnot and i just knew that the media was just you know lying about everything like they did four years before that about blm and they wanted to just get people angry to get votes but now this time they were doing it way more egregiously and i mean there's billions in property damage you know 18 people directly died and 900 cops have died since the riots have started well and and one of the things that i find really interesting is the law, and of course, the, the, the scripture says that lawlessness will abound, which simply means that the law won't keep the law. And so then you see the BLM uh, breaking the law, destroying property, uh, hurting people, ruining lives, and the law justified it. That's when, that's when you go, okay, come on, guys, this is completely off the rails. Well, any protest with COVID, that was seen as dangerous. You know, that's a mass spreading event. But BLM, go ahead and do that. That's safe. That's for a good cause. It's like, wow, right. the double standard. A, a blatant double standard, right? Yeah, yeah. blatant. It was, it was so ridiculous. They just lied about everything. Not even that. They were Many of these politicians and media voices were pushing for more violence. That's what I couldn't get. Like, you couldn't condemn the violence and say just be peaceful. No, they encouraged it more, which made it worse. And yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, how, I don't want these people in charge of the country. These people clearly don't care about our safety at all if they're willing to let this happen. So anybody else is better than these people. So then I started making a pretty hard turn right. And not only that, my parents were both born in Cuba. They came here uh, legally, but they came here as children. They came here with nothing. Like I see the houses they grew up in because they're not too far away from where I live now. But they've made a lot for themselves since then. And, you know, we own a couple houses the house I'm in right now is a four-family house that we rent out. But anyways, I've never experienced, like, yeah, some people may be racist, but generally nobody is racist. I see videos of people holding hands across a park in New York, not letting 
any white people through except minorities. This is a minority-only zone. This is during the heat of the riots or whatnot. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, I have never actually seen something as racist as that. That is something racist. I've never seen, you know, white people say you can't go into this zone unless you're white. And now people are doing it with black people. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and they used the term reverse racism, which uh, justifies their racism. And that that's, yeah, all that's insane. I, I actually have a, a question for you on your friends, because you said your friends, you didn't, you know, deal much with politics in school because your friends that age uh, weren't interested in it. Uh, where did your friends, did they move uh, uh, or did they join with you in any of the politics once uh, they started we seeing would, this or like, like, or did they just stay neutral? We would talk about it a little bit. I mean, honestly, we would talk about it a good amount because me and my main roommate who I'm living in with, he, me and him are really into politics. My other three roommates, not as much, but they're definitely conservative. And one of the things I think would surprise you is they make it sound like that all kids my age are just on the left, just so far on the left. I would say I, I don't believe that at all. I think in places like New York and some really liberal universities, which I have some friends who went to just I grew up with, like those are bad. Those are places where most people are going to be extremely far left. But for the most part, in most places in America, even on college campuses, just most kids my age don't care about politics. But if anything, if you talk to them about it, they lean right usually, especially with everything happening. You're encouraging so the, my heart, young man. <laughs> <laughs> they do. The only issue is that they don't care about politics. And, you know, I, me and my roommate have talked about this a lot on what we think would help the situation. And I hate to say it, but with inflation going up, and I personally think there's going to be an economic collapse happening. But I really think that these people, these moderates of my age who don't care about politics, I think they need something like that to happen to wake them up. I really do, because they know what's good and bad. They know that the right's better than the left for the most part, but they just don't care because, you know, they're young and they're having a good time and they have no reason to care. Yeah, they feel like it's not in their living room yet. Yeah, spring break's exactly. coming up here in Florida and uh, two and all that out. Let's just go have fun. Right. Yeah, so, but, uh, your, yeah, your age is not ready to start adulting yet, even <laughs> though at 22 you're an adult. <laughs> that is sadly true. That is sadly true. I'm lucky. I feel like I got out of my system, and now that I'm done with college, I, I definitely want to, as, as I told you when we were in the hotel, to fight the establishment, and this is crazy, to fight the establishment, I feel like I need to become smart, more in shape and healthy, financially dependent. I need to be a better version of myself, which is crazy because you would think that's normal, but in our culture, that's anti-normal dude you're on it man <laughs> holy cow <laughs> i'm thinking to myself this dude uh, you dude you got it well because I, I learned that the government wants you you know fat stupid and dependent on them so i want to be the opposite of that whatever they want me to be i want to be the opposite yeah but you realize if you become the opposite of that you become their enemy you know that that's the point. Yeah, no, we know. So My, so you need to be very prepared to fight. Oh, well, exact. My roommate, for instance, as he just got a defense contractor job, you know, he's talking about how as soon as he gets the money, you know, he wants to use it to try not. He wants to use it to get awareness on the other side, you know, help others see what's happening. He wants to use his money. He also wants to, you know, get guns and be prepared for the worst just in case. But he wants to, you know. Well, we need to get his name and number, and uh, <laughs> oh, he would love to he would get love you, to. get you guys uh, together. Your generation has been brought up in such a different country than I grew up in, and uh, we were taught America is good, and here's why. You guys have been taught America is bad, and here's why. And yet, we all want the same things. We want a pursuit of happiness, and get a job, and find a woman, and build a house, and live a dream. And I'm, I'm afraid without uh, divine intervention and just a whole complete, almost uh, revolution, I don't mean uh, civil war, but I mean a real awakening. Uh, we're, we're heading for some very dark days is my fear. Now, I've been saying for years that it's going to get worse before it gets better yeah. because the government's not going to just you know hand over the power they've given themselves. I, I don't mean it. As you said, just people are going to need to wake up one way or another. Here's, here's the problem we have, though. Uh, you know, when I you say have, before you talk on that, cause you said how my generation, I just, I just remembered my generation was, you're right. Brought up to hate America. I will say though, 
because personally my experience is slightly different and i do think it had an outcome on you know my views in general even when i considered myself a centrist you know i had right-leaning economic i can't believe i would say this i i would say i'm economically right and socially left and now all these years later i realize how dumb that is yeah. <laughs> but uh, i feel like a lot of kids say that they do I say that yeah you're right they do they think it makes sense i thought it made sense when i was a teenager but anyways i went to a private school growing up so i went to private elementary school and i went to a private high school and where i am in westchester new york it is a lot more popular and common than in other places so when i went to south carolina and i told kids that they're thinking oh wow like your parents probably paid like 40k a year for high school which is, it's just not true i mean mine was like nine which is a lot and god bless that my parents did do that because my education was better but in those schools like my high school my teachers were pretty conservative for the most part thinking about it in hindsight they wouldn't push their ideals on us but since they taught us how to think and they didn't teach us to hate america either and they weren't pushing love america no matter what they just taught us how to think i do think that's a big thing because kids my age who went to public schools who say i work with like those people are more liberal than I am. Yeah, more groupthink. Yeah, they don't exactly. have they don't have a critical thinking ability. Yeah, sadly, Ernie. In our talk at the hotel, I'm springing off of that. You know, you mentioned about I, I was so thrilled. You talked about being the best I can be for the battle that I'm in, because if we don't win this battle, there's not going to be anything to dream about and pursue. And you were talking about being all that you can be, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Of course, that's where John and I coming from. We that's that's our whole thing. The, we don't really care about the whole politics of anything left, right, or center. We care about the spiritual matter. You know, there's a heaven, there's a hell. God wants everybody to go to heaven, and Satan wants everybody to go to hell. And we're in this battle. And you were talking about that, so just uh, kind of maybe give us some reflections on, on that and how that is part of your uh, development. Yeah, spiritual is definitely a part of my development too. Uh, this is a battle, as far as I see it, this is a battle, good versus evil. And it's been going on since time's begun. Yes, and, sir. Screaming amen. <laughs> amen. It's been going on since time's begun. But uh, I will say, in terms of my generation with spirituality, that those moderates who don't care, the kids my age, who just kind of go out and party and whatnot, though they see what's happening and the normal people tend to lean right, unless you're a I hate to say it, white female. White females tend to, my age, tend to be pretty left-leaning, even in the South. Like, it's hard for me to find a girl who's conservative. Yeah, isn't that, a, isn't that crazy? It is. I think the left hijacked that agenda, totally. They hijacked the feminist agenda, and they just, you know, they take advantage of girls' empathy, and that's Emotions, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I would, yeah, I would completely agree with that. Yeah, and so finding a girl who is conservative is hard. But I'll say most of the moderate girls who lean left, they just don't talk about it. They just don't want to talk about it. It's either that or they're completely off the hinges on the left, and they just don't shut up about it. And I feel bad because I have some good conservative friends who have girlfriends who are left leftists, and I just I could not do that. I would be in an argument all day. <laughs> well, you know, the, the Amos 3.3 says, except to be agreed, how can they walk together? And, and you just said it, like, how can you, how can you be right, live with someone that's left without it being a constant battle? You just fleshed it out in the real world, young man. <laughs> you're you're saving of, yourself a ton of headache and don't even know it yet. Yeah, <laughs> I think he does yeah. know it. I think yeah, you he might does. know it. Exactly. <laughs> I'll talk to my conservative friend and back home. One of my friends I grew up with who has a girlfriend who's on the left. And I'm like, man, how do you like, not argue with her all the time because i do argue with her all the time <laughs> and i just laugh and i'm like so what does she tell you when you explain to her that she's a, you know a tool for the corporations that she claims to hate and he goes she just doesn't want to hear it and i'm like that's the problem though why do you not you just don't want to hear it even though you accept it like you're making reasonable sense well it's you know not... here's here's an interesting point to that though is um and, and again, as we as we talk more into this, you, you'll see what we're talking about. But the Bible says that Satan blinds the mind of those the, who believe not of those who. Yeah, those who don't believe uh, in Scripture or believe Jesus Christ. So to understand, like, why can't they see this? 
even when you clearly explain it and and to you it makes complete sense you've you've connected the dots a b c d you know or one two three four however it works and to you you're like no listen this is this is clear we it's undeniable and yet they can't see it and as a as a pastor and and a believer in jesus christ i see it because the scriptures say that satan has blinded uh the eyes of non-believers uh, when, we're, when we're talking spirituality and how they can't see Satan's corruption corrupting. Because uh, if they did, they would realize what they're doing is terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, I, I, so I, I guess I kind of understand how they just don't want to come to that realization because coming to that realization would mean you would have to change your life. <laughs> you would have to change how you're living your life, not only in the things you believe, but the things you do too, because on the left, I mean, they attack religion mm-hmm. entirely. Re- you know, well, they blame they blame religion, and then um, see. Here's the thing: if you could see clearly, or when you see clearly, uh, you realize your government is corrupt. You realize BLM is corrupt. You realize Antifa is corrupt. You realize that like, you realize all of a sudden you see you see the vaccine is corrupt. You see uh, uh, you see an agenda that. Um, in population control, like, like you see all this stuff that comes to life and that's a scary place to be. Let's be honest. Yeah. So let me, cause this does touch on spirituality a, a little bit. My, one of my other cousins, she's in her forties name is Diana, but anyways, she, we had a great spiritual talk and I, oh, we were talking about God for a couple hours or whatnot. She wanted to know where I was at. And I told her at that time, it was probably like a, a year ago that, uh, I believe in something more, but I couldn't know if any religion was right. But anyway, she really, you know, she knows a lot. She has, she has a degree in religion and she's super Catholic. And she, anyway, she got me 10 books about religion, a little bit daunting and overwhelming to get so many books, but she was just so excited that she had somebody to talk to about it. One of the books she got me was, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. That was the first book. Oh, first book I read. I'm familiar that with was that. A, <laughs> I, that was a, fantastic book and i thought wow this book made some amazing points so the reason i bring it up is because when i was talking to two of my close friends a week ago where i actually asked my best friend like how do you put up with your girlfriend blah 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 anyhow i went off on politics and everything that's happening i just went off for 30 minutes about all of it and then i told my other friend who was there i go what do you and he's not as political and i said what do you think about all this he goes i go if you think i sound crazy or whatnot you know, tell me I could take it. But like, I just feel like that this is what's happening and that the right sees through it and the left like thinks the right's their enemy. He responds back, I don't think anybody can know the truth. He goes, you just can't know the truth. And I, I responded back to him because I remembered it because I learned it in my book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I told him that's a self-defeating argument. If you say that you can't know truth, by saying that, you in fact are saying that you know the truth, that you know that you can't know truth. That's impossible. That's self-defeating. Your argument doesn't hold its own weight. Of course you can know the truth. And I think it's our jobs as you know, the smartest beings alive to find, find the truth, find reason in the truth. And he was like, wow, I mean, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's pretty interesting. Let me, let me ask you this, Ernie. So, you know, we're talking about truth and, you know, we can know truth. There's absolute truth. You Jesus know. said, you shall know the truth and yeah. the truth will set you free. Yeah. And so there's, there's truth that we do know, you know, here's, here's what we know. If you're holding your phone in your hand and you let that phone go, it's going to fall and hit the ground. And we know it's absolute truth because we know every time we let that phone go, it's going to hit the ground. Absolutely. Would you not agree? Yep, exactly. Observation and repetition. Yep, that's uh, scientific law. There we go. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys know who Matt Walsh is. Uh, he's on the Daily Wire, and he was just went trending on Dr. Phil for talking about uh, he debated two transgender people on the show, and he complete he trended on Twitter online because he asked a simple question a question of what is a woman, and they just could not answer that. Wow, and the simple, yeah, it's on, it's a really good watch. And so the left is freaking out that Dr. Phil had this guy on or whatnot. And he was arguing with somebody on Twitter about it. 
and this leftist, and she was just trying to say that words are arbitrary. And Matt Walsh responded back, words, you know, define reality. Is gravity arbitrary? We have a <laughs> word for it. It still exists. In order for them to believe what they believe, they have to change definitions. Exactly. But yep. e even though they change the definition, it still doesn't change the truth of the word. We have meaning in this world. Every word has meaning. I, don't, yeah. I love that he went on Dr. Phil and, you know, debated these people because then when normal people see this and actually hear their argument they realize how crazy the left sound yeah. <laughs> they can't define what a woman is that's crazy that's insane right <laughs> oh my goodness well let me ask you this and i'm, I'm kind of hijacking uh, duke's podcast here for a second so that's okay i love john I'm not too smart <laughs> but i love him <laughs> when it comes to truth right we we talk about truth and and you said it so well that we know there's absolute truth but where do we find it where do we land where do you land on the scriptures, like the Bible, uh, Jesus? What is, you know, because you said you have to grow spiritually. And the, the reality is there's 4,500 different religions in the world if you, if you look each one up. But what you'll find is uh, each one has its own idea, but yet similarly connected. Uh, where do you stand on religion, Jesus, scriptures? Like, just kind of give me where you're I, at right now uh i believe you know, jesus is the messiah i believe god created the universe and part of the reason i came to that conclusion after you know this book was very uh i don't have enough faith to be an atheist it was very convincing and a very good book and they don't even talk about the you know i grew up in catholic school for most years of my life and i do consider myself catholic now and many people who are awake conservatives, so people like me who actually kind of know what's going on and see how bad it is, not the moderates who don't care, those people, because I follow a lot of them online, like we have our own spheres online where, you know, we relay information, and all those people who are around my age in their 20s are talking about, you know, God and going back to religion. I will say for the past 20 years, I have seen a decline in religion in terms of people going to church. I used to go to church every weekend. And I don't as much anymore, and I want to find a church. I talked about it with my mom. The thing is, I don't want to wear a mask in church, so I may just wait till I get down to Florida. But it's definitely something even me and my roommate want to do. So there is a growth happening in religion because of all this terrible stuff that's happening. Because people on people like me see that this is good versus evil. And, you know, we need help from God at this point because these people have power. These people have a lot of power, this 1%, you know, the central banks. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you, your speech takes me back to when I was your age and it was the Vietnam era and the Kent State Fort Ed in Ohio and the drug culture and all that was going with it, civil rights movement. And it was all kind of hitting at the same time, Woodstock, uh, which is not too far from where you, you grew up. And, uh, just, just remember like, you know, I'd look up at the stars at night and say, you know, that, that can't be by time and chance, which they taught us in the public school. It's gotta be by plan and purpose, you know? And then from there, it's like, okay, there, there's gotta be a creator. And then the next normal thing is, does the creator communicate with man? And if, because my old hippie friend wrote said, if God ever talks to you, man, listen to him, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And then there's all these religions. I, I float around with all the Eastern mystical things as well. But then I got introduced to the Bible. And this girl would, you know, the Bible says this, the Bible that. And you've probably been around some people. Now I am one of those people. <laughs> and it really caught me. And I began to study the Bible. This is just a, And it really, uh, you could just sum up the whole, the entirety of the Bible with uh, the word revelation. We attribute that to the last book of the Bible. But the whole of the entirety of the Bible is the revelation of God of himself to man. And in that Bible, he also laid out the course of history through the prophet Daniel, Zechariah, and Jesus himself, of course, uh, the rise and fall of the great world empires at the time of the end. Knowledge will increase, and uh, it'll go from nationalism to globalism. That's what you guys are seeing, you know, and here we are wanting to have a good nation. And uh, so that was... When that hit me as an 18-year-old kid, wow, the lights came on and, and everything changed. So what are, what are thoughts swimming around in your mind is, you know, about that? Uh, yeah, the world is definitely going a globalism route. I watch shows like Alex Jones also, and I'll say that 
I find very interesting. I know this isn't particularly, this doesn't have anything to do with the Bible, but I don't know if you guys know about the Nostradamus effect at all. And I clearly, Revelations clearly talks about this too. But just in terms of one time, I remember thinking, wow, this is kind of a weird thing that Nostradamus talked about three antichrists coming three generations after each other. And I think he talks about the first one being Napoleon, or he doesn't specifically, he gives hints to the name. So people believe the first right, one is Yeah, Napoleon. familiar with the reading. Yeah. And the second one, clearly Hitler. And then the third one, I remember watching the documentary and they just, you know, this is before COVID and everything. And they just, you know, I forget who they spitball out, but it's definitely not that guy. <laughs> but the interesting thing they talk about is that the third, and this is what Alex Jones talked about. And this is the same thing in the, you know, history documentary of Nostradamus is that the third one, he learned from the last two. He learned that you just can't conquer the world by force. You can't just take it over. That you need that they learned and that you have to do it in secret. You have to do it under the cover, under a guise. And that people won't go for it if you just, you know, try taking it over with power. And so the third one is the most dangerous. And that's who he was trying to warn everybody about. And apparently he, you know, he took some drugs and he saw, had these visions and he talked about how he couldn't, he didn't saw technology he couldn't explain and that, you know, he was trying to warn everybody about the third Antichrist. And then, you know, Alex Jones would also say that he says he would talk, you know, he'd go on one of his rants saying that these people aren't like the other two or aren't like, you know, the last person like Hitler. Like these people are trying to take over the world, but they're doing it smarter. They're doing it differently. Yeah, there's a scripture verse that explains that the foundation it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that that brute force power, but we do wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so that networking, you know, follow the money. And I know you've done some research into the the what we used to be called the invisible government, the shadow government. Now we commonly call it the uh, um, deep state. I yeah, <laughs> just yeah, deep had state. a brain fart yeah. there for a moment. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and, uh, as you follow the money and the Davos, Switzerland and who's who and the Soros and the, what's the guy's name head at world economic forum, Klaus oh, Schwab, Klaus, Klaus Schwab yeah, yeah. who overtly says now this isn't, this is not conspiracy theory. It's just straight up. He says, yeah, uh, they don't hide it anymore. Yeah, they're out. And he says in the year 2030, 2030 agenda that, uh, you'll all be living in 800 square foot high rise apartment buildings in smart cities, owning nothing driving in no cars, owning nothing, and being happy. You'll like it. <laughs> You'll yeah. like it. You'll like it. They write books about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. We'll read it. It's not a matter of conspiracy. It's a matter of are we going to do... It's timing. Yeah, are we going <laughs> to listen to what they're saying? Because what they're saying they're going to do, they are doing. And so it seems but, like... But you, here's the problem. The majority of people still say, oh, that, that can't happen. Oh, that, they, they don't actually mean that. Even though you see we are progressively moving toward it at a rapid pace and people are still blinded and say, oh, that's not what they really mean. It's, it it kind of blows my mind that people can't see it. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I will say my, you know, my moderate friends who don't care too much, even they believe that there is a deep state and that there's you know people pulling the strings and it's not left versus right because what i'll tell people too is you know this deep state doesn't care about either of us 20 years ago they used the right for its agenda with the iraq war they'll use either side yes oh man now (laughs) dude (laughs) yes sir continue (laughs) They'll, they'll use either side but now you know they're using the left and just People on the right, every, I've talked to people. I'm so glad I went to South Carolina and Coastal Carolina because half the school was out of state. So, you know, I got to meet, meet a lot of different people, some people from the West Coast, people all across the East Coast. And I even have a beach house in Delaware. Just all the conservatives I've talked to from, you know, all over the country that pay attention, they seem to realize that the left is not our enemy, that they are just tools that our enemies are using their puppets the issue is mm-hmm. and i'll talk to this with my liberal friends and they and honestly with everything biden's been doing my liberal friends have been turning you know more right also they've been turning moderate my friend who went to nyu the most liberal college in new york he he now talks about how he regrets voting for biden and all that stuff and he sees what's happening but people on i told him this people on the left view the right as their enemy that right. we are in their way it's like, we don't look at you the same way. We just think you're being used. <laughs> right, yeah. It, but yeah. the reality is, victims, man. Victims. Yeah, yeah. They've been trained to 
think they're victims and brainwashed to believe those on the right, especially Christians, are full of hate because we're trying to stop them from uh, living and doing all they can be when the reality is everything they're after is destructive. Well, I, I, honestly, I realized within the past couple of weeks, a little little bit off topic, but I realized in the past couple of weeks that Steve Crowder, I agree with based virtually everything. I don't think I've heard anything he said that I don't agree with. Yeah, he's pretty he solid. Thinks, yeah, he thinks the election's stolen. Like he's, I'm pretty on base with everything he says. And he had to change my mind about blm that blm is a terrorist organization so here's here's what i love about crowder is he will uh he will sit down on a campus uh duke you you don't know who crowder is he has a a podcast or a a show called louder with crowder and he will sit down on a uh, campus with a table and a sign in front of the table that will state you know blm uh blm is is terrorist changed my mind and, and he will sit and have conversations with college students on campus. And, uh, dude, sometimes they get pretty he, outrageous. <laughs> intense. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, he, he knows his stuff. And, and he is loaded. Yeah, he's loaded for bear when he goes in. He talks about how, and this is how, you know, I'm a minority. I'm the child of minorities. Like, and I, you know, this is the least racist country in the world. Right. But. I thought we were, I thought what happened with us is we went back, when Obama went in office, we went backwards 50 years. The Obamas literally started directing America back into racism, and they had to do it. Listen, it's part of the plan. They had to do it because now they want to use race to, so they use politics to divide America. They use race to divide America. Now they're using gender to divide America all at the same time. And we can't keep up with all these fights. And so what's happening is uh, you see conservatives backing up because they're like, listen, I'm, uh, this isn't even worth the fight. But liberals want to dominate, so they just keep fighting and pushing because they uh, they want more and they more control. want to marginalize control. us into different groups or yeah. whatnot. And what James Lindsay, who is on Joe Rogan, talks about, uh, that this gender identity, that if you look at the collapse of great civilizations like Rome and Greece, in fact, that towards the end of the civilization, you could see these gender ideologies, these gender theories that you know sprang up towards the end of it. And you kind of attribute that a little bit to the collapse. Like I, The reason being is if you teach kids you know, to be gay or transgender in schools and they're going to have a disconnect with their parents and it's just the destruction of the nuclear family which is you know part of one of their goals uh the way the family goes so goes the nation and you bring up rome if you go back and study the fall of rome you will find that rome also opened up their borders and allowed anyone from anywhere to come into uh, their country and what happens when you do that is you lose your identity and now you have all these different uh, ideologies, all these different cultures and a culture, one culture cannot survive if it's dominated by a multitude of cultures. And that's why they've opened our borders up, bring all these illegals in and now they, everyone's screaming for their rights uh, and they want the rights that they should have had in their country instead of going back and fighting in their country. They know it's easier to get here. And again, it just keeps dividing and eventually uh, Rome fell through that because their morality, they didn't have a moral compass anymore because they had all these uh, different cultures and different ideologies. So their moral compass disappeared, and that's where we're at in America. That's why it's going to fall, and there's nothing we can do to stop it at this point if if we don't stand up and start uh, getting rid of all these different cultures and uh, stop this division like you were talking about. Dude, we're, we're, we're going to fall if, if we don't start in those areas people hopefully are waking up i will i will say because you talked you said a couple things that i do want to touch on in terms of you know blm i think the issue is it's so you know 70 percent of african-american households don't grow up with their fathers right and you know that's the issue and what steve crowder says is you know what you know what privilege i know i have because the only privilege i have is that i grew up with both parents and that's the biggest privilege that you could have in life. Well, you know, we were, we were talking, uh, when I say we, Duke and I and our wives, um, we were talking yesterday and Bill Cosby came up, his name came up. And 
uh, I was sharing with Duke, which I'll share with you, that Bill Cosby, if you remember, and I, this is going back, yeah, you would have been 18. Just about the same I, I saw him in concert right before everything happened. Not concert, but I saw him doing stand-up, actually. And I'm glad I saw it before everything came out, because if it was after, you would not have been able to enjoy it. Right, right. Well, here's the <laughs> thing that I think you will find very interesting, then, if you really enjoyed him before uh, all this came out. So what was happening is Bill Cosby was going into the black community and he was teaching and equipping and challenging the black community to come together as a family for the males to step up and take care of their responsibility with their children. And the left wanted him to stop. And of course he wasn't going to stop because he was progressing really well in, in his challenge and his efforts. And, and the black community was responding to him and they were starting to step up. Well, then all of a sudden, because he wouldn't stop, you had 50 women come out and uh, talk all this junk that he was doing to them. So then uh, what happened? Well, you completely discredited Bill Cosby. Now he's kicked off of the scene. He's put in prison. He's silenced. And now any hope of of bringing the black community up again, and uh, it, it was tabled, it was, it was shelved, right? So Cosby does three years in prison. His, his life is destroyed. His, his, uh, his legacy is destroyed. They let him out, and you can Google this. They let him out, and when they let him out, the court overturned the guilty decision and said he's innocent of all charges, and they wiped his slate clean. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, what happened that they declared him innocent? Well, what happened was he was always innocent, but the left had to stop him from raising up the black community because they could listen, let's, let's face it, man, they could be a powerful force in politics. And that's why the Democrats want to keep them uh, uh, suppressed, suppressed so that they keep them voting uh, for the Democrats and so on and so forth. So, the reality is Cosby was innocent. The courts declared him innocent, but not until three years later after he was destroyed, the black community doesn't have a voice anymore and a, and a teaching. And here we are. It doesn't surprise me at all. Yes. Yeah, it's the black. framing. It yeah. The, the, you know, that's the, the thing that's really overwhelming kind of taking back to what you said earlier. What, what do you believe? Cause you hear this, you hear that. I love Cosby. He was doing great things and had a squeaky clean, uh, thing and then he rises up and I'm, he's championing a cause that I believe in. Step up, black men, be responsible. You have to have that to the dads in the home to turn that thing around. And then, but again, whammo, if, you, if you put the whammo, family together, hit. if you put the family together, you start repairing the nation. Yeah, yeah. And, and they don't want that. And so here, you know, I think, I, I think it was. I saw framed. a documentary. I saw a documentary talking about uh, African American family and how a hundred years ago. They had more wealth. The one in four African American families were business owners. They yep. had the lowest divorce rate out of any yes, race. Yes, sir. Out of any race. And most people on the right, the vast majority, are not racist. And, you know, the reason that you have a lot of African Americans dealing with police officers is because, you know, 6% is the population in comparison to us of African American men. And the African-American community commits about 50% of violent crimes. Now, it's not the whole community. It's a small percentage of that 6%. Correct. And it's because, not because of their melanin or skin color, it's because of fatherlessness. And the reason that happened in the first place is because LBJ passed the Welfare Act. Yes. And now you're incentivizing women to have children without a father. Government just took the place of daddy. And now you're voting for Democrats. How old are you? Poland. How old are you, dude? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> man. <I> do. <laughs> You're rocking it. You, you've got it. What you just said is if you look at history, the government has used their influence, their money, their power to guide and direct the black community into, into welfare. Yes. He said, if I, if I give them just enough money, not a lot, but just enough, I'll keep them voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Yep. And he has. He has. If you notice, they they talk about Social Security's drying up and all these other programs that we have are drying up, but you never hear welfare drying up. That is true. You, I've never thought about that, but you are absolutely correct. Yeah, and it's because welfare is their plan to bring in their end goal, which is complete control. 
because if they lose the black vote, and the documentary I watched was made by an African-American woman. She grew up in the, the ghetto, and she made a great documentary that brought light to everything. And she talks about that if the Democrats lose the African-American vote, then they will never win an election again. Exactly. So it's crucial, it's crucial <laughs> yep. that they don't let this go. Well, and that's also why they're bringing in, you know, from Mexico and, and all over. And listen, like your parents came in and guess what they did? They came in and they said, Hey, we're going to be part of the American community. And, uh, and you guys did, and you did it the right way and God bless you and God bless your parents. But what we have today is we just have an influx of illegals breaking the law, the government supporting them, breaking the law. And, and it's, it's all part of the plan, just like they did with, with putting the blacks on welfare and the same way with they're, they're doing the, uh, these other immigrants that are coming in, they're doing the exact same thing to them that they did to the blacks, put them on welfare, keep them under your control, give them just enough to keep getting their votes. Absolutely. And honestly, I've been, I've been writing stuff down because we're, we're talking about such great stuff and I don't want to miss out on touching on certain things because you were talking about what happened to Cosby because this is something you probably don't know. And I remember telling Pastor Duke and I don't think he knew. I only knew because I'm on social media. So there was a day during the heat of the BLM riots that everybody decided, I mean, I didn't because I didn't agree with the organization at all. Uh, I, you know, of course I think black lives matter. I, I, that's, Everybody does. Yeah, Everybody. Well that, yeah, that goes with that's, all lives matter. That's just a cover exactly. up. Yeah, that just the name is just hijacked uh, something that's sacred. God loves everybody. Ex- we know that exactly. Right. Yeah, and so everybody posted. A bunch of people posted black, just a post of a black post on Instagram. Just a literally nothing, just a black post in support of BLM. Well, what they didn't tell you was that this is the same, and this was scheduled weeks in advance. This post, everybody posting this. So what they didn't tell you was that same day was when Hillary Clinton's on trial for her emails before congress yeah and so nobody's talking about that but everybody's talking about these black squares online well and that's that's like with gilan maxwell who yeah yeah whatever happened to her we don't know right because all of a sudden swept away everything listen we get all these smoke screens and these smoke screens are designed oh i know what happened to her the smoke screen of january 6th of last year right all of a sudden that's what they're talking about the insurrection and uh gilan passes you know she's she disappears in the background nobody thinks of her anymore Oh, I exactly. Wanna... She had a black book full of, you know, names. Where are those names? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, you got Jeffrey Epstein, who's got paintings of Bill Clinton playing with a paper plane and, you know, Jenga towers on the floor. Like, why? And why do you not Bill Clinton? I always say that George Washington, George Bush. He also has a painting of Bill Clinton in the blue dress. Right. Well, <laughs> <But it's> like... <laughs> and, and I don't know if you know, but there is a picture of Schumer on the island uh kissing a little i saw that black girl I saw, yeah. i've seen that photo now i remember send, sending it to my mom <laughs> i remember sending it around and the people saying like my mom was like i can't i don't know if that you know if you can tell that's real or not but i remember seeing that photo and sending it like i believe i wouldn't put it past these people they've all been to the island and they're part of the corruption and schumer is all about communism there was an article put out in the New York Times uh, or the Times Union in Albany uh, that talked about his agenda back in the 80s. And it's, uh, I even put it on my Facebook page uh, last year. But everybody wants to keep ignoring it like it doesn't exist. You have the uh, Blasio, who was uh, the mayor of of new york he's communist he clearly says he's communist and people are like no 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 and and i don't get it how these people clearly state their position and people still deny it being truth they talk about hating the corporations and taking the big man down but you're literally being used by the big man for his (laughs) political agenda like how do you not see this yeah hey uh we're 49 minutes into almost 50 minutes in we got about 10 minutes to wrap i want two specific uh exhortations from you (laughs) uh you're speaking probably to a middle to older crowd on my our podcast here so i don't know man i got a lot of 20s on my well we'll just pretend speak speak to our 40 and up group (laughs) Uh, you encourage us ernie uh, so much you you'll never know but just give maybe a two-minute exhortation as a younger man facing the world 
and the older generation feels feels bad for the younger generation, but it, it, it doesn't doesn't have a lot of hope that you're probably not going to have a great opportunities that we had, et cetera. But what you're saying brings great hope. So just kind of address our 40 and up with a kind of some final thoughts, uh, speaking to their hearts. Well, can, before that, I'm sorry. I'm again, I'm hijacking your podcast, man. I'm so sorry, Ernie. I do this, man. Forgive me. Uh, before we wrap it up and go to that thought, Ernie, can I ask you one more question? Of course. I'm loving this conversation. All right. Yeah. So am I, dude. I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. That ages me, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I'm grooving. So yeah, he's grooving. I, I'm digging. I just saw the movie, the warriors and it came out in what I think in the late seventies or mid seventies. I don't know if you guys have seen it. The I'm warriors not. about gangs in New York. Oh, the guy says the, I dig it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely dating myself, but I have one, one more question before we move on. And, and again, uh, Duke, forgive me for this, uh, for hijacking your podcast here for a minute, but Ernie, I'm really, really curious, man, of who is Jesus to you? And, and the reason I'm asking you this question, and, and this will give you a moment to think about the question, is because you told us that you needed to grow in, in your knowledge, your understanding. You need to be smarter. Uh, you want to be uh, more physically fit, more financially fit. And you said you wanted to be spiritually fit. And we talked about truth a little bit, and then we kind of... Uh, went back into the politics, which I'm fine with. But what does it mean to you? And what does it look like to be spiritually fit? Remember, I said there's 4,500 different religions out there. But here's what we know. And you know this, Ernie, without question. There is one truth. There is but one truth and everything else that opposes it. So where are you at on your spiritual journey and more specific, who is Jesus to you? Uh, I don't want to get, <laughs> you know, I'm talking to a pastor, so I hope I don't, you know. You will not, listen, I, pro- <laughs> I promise you, Ernie, you will not offend me in any way. No, I, be- I believe Jesus is the Son of the Lord. He's the Messiah, I, hands down. And I think that to be human, you have to be trying to better yourself every day. We're imperfect beings in the representation of the perfect God. And so the goal that we should have is to constantly be bettering ourselves. That should be the default. And if you do that, you will find happiness. And we should live like how Jesus taught us to live. And if everybody did that, you know, the world would be a much better place. Oh, yeah, absolutely agree. So, so who, but who is uh, Jesus specifically to you? Like you say, he's the Messiah. The Bible says that he, in order for, uh, well, let me ask you this question. How do you get to heaven? You, you say you believe, or actually, I, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Do you believe in heaven and hell? I do. I okay. Do. So how do you get to heaven? To live like Jesus, to live like God, to follow the Ten Commandments. Okay. So, so what do you do with Ephesians? And, and this is, again, I know we're, we're, we're completely on a whole new topic and I might cut all this out and make a, a part two podcast. If it Duke, you know, I'll leave it up to Duke cause it's his podcast. Um, but if yeah, you, you guys have me on again too, right? I yeah, dude. <laughs> and your roommates, I warn him. Yeah. My roommate would love to, my roommate would definitely love to. Yeah. So when we talk about getting to heaven and the Bible clearly tells us how to get to heaven without mistake. And what you are telling me, and again, uh, I'm just I'm just being gut honest with you, obviously. About an inch away. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So what you are telling me is you have to be a good person to get to heaven. Essentially. Okay, so here's my next question. How good is good enough? That's a hard question. That, that is. is a hard right. question. So how, how good is good enough? And then here's the next question for you. By whose standard? Wow. Uh, yeah, that's the big one. I think is how's good good enough? Now, this, I don't know. If, anyways, I don't know if this is right, but I think it is different for everybody. And the only reason I say that is because some people are, not as intellectually as you know some people are dumber than others some people are smarter or some people are disabled so what you can literally i mean you could always live a good life but in terms of maybe you can't do 
certain things like helping the poor that other people can do who are able-bodied or maybe in your own way you can't so so then so there's god unfair then that he didn't give everybody the ability to help the same way or to do the same good works no god is not unfair amen Hey, let me let me jump in here because uh, we got we're down to like four minutes here. The the good news is, and this is what we preach on every podcast, uh, that none of us are good enough. Uh, that's why Jesus came because we we fall short for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Or we believe in Him. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so, man, this is uh, this is the epic battle of the universe, and we're in it. And God laid all of it out in advance in the prophecies, what to expect in the final days, and it's here. And man, you are a seeker, and you are. Jesus said, "If you seek, yeah. you're going to what, Johnny? You'll find. You're going to find." So. Let me wrap this. Two minutes. Speak to our older crowd to give them encouragement. The younger crowd is uh, is getting with it. Okay, uh, I'll quickly touch on that. I think the reason that older individuals feel this way is because the media wants you to feel this way. It's oh, a psyop. Yeah. They oh, want you goodness. to feel like we Best are. Best answer I've heard ever. Great. Go they, on, man. They want you to think that they have the the younger generation on lock, that they have them you know, in their hands. That's not true. The extreme left is still a small minority, and the most moderates, most normal, rational people, even my age, though, you know, it's not their problem yet, they still lean right. Like, they still love America. They want freedom. Like, they see where this is going. It just hasn't directly affected them yet. Now, I do say that if you have a white daughter, please do all your power in to try to make sure she does not become a left-wing extremist. Cause I will say that specific demographic is typically more than not left-leaning. Yeah. They're the easiest to move for some reason, for some reason. So specifically keep that in mind, but in terms of guys, you know, Hispanic guys or white guys who are my age, majority of guys, even African-American guys, like they, a lot of them do see what is happening and see that this is ridiculous. They think, you know, I have African American, some African American friends who think critical race theory is racist because it says that they can't achieve things because of the white man. Like, so they don't believe that. It's just the media wants us to feel separated and wants us to feel like we're the minority, but we're in America, and even with all these immigrants coming in, we are still the majority. Well, I, you, I don't, I right. don't want economic collapse to happen. But you know what? I think that's something that needs to happen to wake up these people because all these kids have lived great lives. And they don't realize how blessed they are with true. everything that they have. And yeah. when that goes away and they actually have to live through some hardship, then they're going to care. Wow. Yeah, because you don't really grow until you have to fight to get to the mountaintop. Everybody seems to be living on the mountaintop right now. And uh, unless you have fought to get there, you, don't, you can't appreciate the journey. And you're right. Your age group has not fought to get there. Not at all. A uh, excellent answer, exhortation. And- I will say people my age, lastly, who pay attention to everything, like me and my roommate, and there's many like us, I will not live in an America that I grew up in. I will, I would rather die than let communists or globalism take over my country. And that, and, very, that very well may happen, Ernie. Yeah, I understand that. And I, you know what? I would rather that than have to live in communist America. But let me, let me tell Klaus you something. Ernie, I would I would uh, hold hands with you and walk through the fire and die with you because I completely agree. Amen. Better dead than red, we used to say back in my day. And who would have ever guessed that those days would be upon your generation? And of course, we're still we're still around as well. But uh, just a final word to your your generation. Uh, you know, if you had five hundred young people listening, what's a final thought to uh, encourage your your generation? You know, just uh, if they're listening to this, they're probably already kind of awake to what's happening. So just, you know, keep going strong. Don't keep your mouth shut. I would rather stand up for something than fall for anything. Yeah, dude. So, we'll yeah. be in touch with you, Ernie. <laughs> Johnny and I, we're going to fight over you, buddy, getting you, getting you uh, <laughs> on our podcast. And seriously, uh, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk in a little bit. And we want to get make contact, phone contact with your roommate and and other people in your generation who think what you do. So, hey, we're going to wrap her up, man. So uh, 
thanks for joining us here. And, Sounds uh, good. Well, I just want to say one thing that uh, I don't post political stuff on my Instagram, but I'm starting to use it for health nutrition thing. I know a lot about nutrition and being healthy and good food seed. So if anyone's interested on that, my Instagram is soul S O L dot astray. Well, I'm interested. Yes. Go ahead. Do me a favor and spell that out again. It's soul S O L period astray at a S T R a Y. Uh, in my bio, I talk about helping these lost souls find their way. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview and it was encouraging to you. I know I was incredibly encouraged to hear such a young man uh, plugged into what's going on in the world. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.